0: Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast where we can't stop the painkiller. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We missed you last week, Danny. We had a surprise guest, Jason North. And with his uh, return, or maybe just his appearance, which you couldn't see because it's a podcast, we didn't see you. You actually were missing last week. Yeah, very sad. They probably can't kind have of too much talent in the room because, you know, it just makes it a... Uh, it's not fair. So it, I It I was, had to spread it was the thing. only one talented in the room, Danny. <laughs> yeah, but I can you know, tie my shoelaces quite well. That's somewhat of a talent. Well, we also want to talk about uh, the return to the podcast. Uh, we had an interview last week, but we're going to have a lot more interviews coming in. More importantly now, we want to talk about the judges and if not better replacements for them in The Voice. You know, we know The Voice being a somewhat mediocre, run-of-the-mill karaoke kind of thing that they just get contestants that seem like they're the best of their jobs but really aren't they just have maybe a gimmick or something Danny what is it the voice that I'm missing out on well the funny thing about these people is that you want to like develop character and story arcs you want to get to know these people but as soon as they win the voice they disappear into obscurity so it's Mm -hmm. not even like a thing you want to win it's just something you do to like I don't know kill a weekend but if you don't want to kill a weekend, um, you want to listen to some music, maybe we'll talk about the Judas Priest album that's coming out, Firepower is the name of it. Did we like it? Did we hate it? Dan, what would you rate it? Well, I guess we'll find out later on in the show. Yeah, I guess uh, now I see the intro of Painkiller. Oh, I see now. Clever, Matt. Clever. But with first that, let's get straight into the news. Dan, straight off the bat, we are talking the return of Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Mm. They've stringed uh, the new track, Waiting for a Signs, the name of the track. Getting into it, if you don't know who Rainbow is, Danny, fill the fans in as to why they're the most, or if not the best, heavy metal band or hard rock band of all time. Oh, they're a fantastic band. They came from the mid-70s. Richie Blackmore left Deep Purple and formed Rainbow, and he stole pretty much all of Ronnie James Dio's band. Oh, no, he stole it work he took over right he added himself into ronnie james Dio's band and kicked out all his family members and <laughs> recruited his own people because he wanted ronnie yeah and he formed rainbow Formed great songs you know rainbow rising uh long live rock and roll great albums and yeah great great stuff and now he's come back after all these years quite a strong memorable piece of songwriting wasn't it they were kind of like outdoing bands like led zeppelin really but getting half the notoriety. variety can we safely assume? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works when you. Ultra talented. Incredibly it? passionate, uh, hard-hitting songs. They were quite memorable, quite poignant. So this track, Danny, it's a, sh- a bluesy number. It's very subtle. It's very sweet. It's very sensitive. Uh, though it's a we can talk about the song, whether it be good or bad, I didn't think it was a rainbow song. You know what song I did think it was? Nah, man. A deep purple song. Yeah, more so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only saving grace is Ronnie Romero's vocals. And they fit well on a rainbow record. There's a lot of power, conviction, um, the delivery is quite strong in that, which I guess from a Deep Purple album is more subtlety and blues roots and stuff like the track is. For me, it didn't feel like a rainbow track, it did feel like a Richie Blackmore track, especially. The groovier, bluesier elements that we see from like uh, Stormbringer album and stuff like that. I kind of felt that was an evolution of that sound. It is a good track, do you think, Danny? Or do you think it's a, just a safe track for him? Oh, it's yeah, you could argue safe track. I thought it was quite nice. It's, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. It's saying well and nice feel and melody to it. So, I mean, that's what Richie's great for. Yeah, it's a good yeah. track. It's actually far better than anything released on that album we'll call it from the Yeah, i think it was yeah, 94 yeah, whatever that, yeah. they're literally the richie blackmore's rainbow he decided that everything before that wasn't actually up to the rainbow standards so released an album that was so underwhelming um i think even the drummer forgot to turn up because he did the one beat and then just put it across the rest of the album yeah the greatest thing about that album is the cover is like a scarecrow on the front and that might be a bit of symbolism of yeah the album. it's just a guy doing nothing <laughs> getting paid for it symbolism for the whole band yeah, I think it's literally that boring However, it's a great track and I think very excited to hear the rest of the album, whether it is a rainbow song or not. Like you said, Danny, this guy is a tribute to being um, one of the best songwriters growing up, even to the point that blues artists like um, the, the guy, uh, Scott Henderson from like the jazz uh, albums, like uh, from his thing like Tribal Tech and have, have said that they grew up idolizing him. I'd love to know how many other people did as well. I know I did for a fact as well, um, but Daniel, the album coming out, you're going to look forward to it. Yeah, but the album's mostly covers. I think there's only two new songs, and that's one of them. So surely we have to do Herb review, anyway. Even if he, yeah. we have to treat it as an album, so we can actually talk about it at the end of our uh, segment, right? The end of the, right. end of the podcast. Okay, why not? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about uh, the the R.I.P. of and resurrection of Terrorizer magazine, what seemed to be the end of uh, the UK, literally like the hard copy uh, heavy metal mag, which seemed to be. Um, Destroyed. Uh, what ended up happening was um, Metal Sucks, obviously with their incredible journalistic integrity <laughs> and and well research and documentary, declared um, the company bankrupt. From another article, who I guess the the people that the people they referenced was they had a point. It did look like the writing was on the wall. But Terrorize have come out saying that they can confirm they are still uh, resuming regular production schedule and honoring existing members subscriptions and reappear on the newsstand. So it did seem like there was a bit of a hiccup in the um, works. And knowing that the way heavy metal industry is right now with certain things turning down, certain guitar um, companies like Gibson look into folding. Like Jason North said last week, it's hard to imagine, but we might not even see a guitar in 20 years almost, the way it's going. Yeah, but he's a bass player, so <laughs> he's a vocalist, Jason yeah. North. Oh, Jason North. Yeah. No, Jason, nah, Jason Sorry, North. Um, was he was saying how like literally he's a bit worried that. You know, oh, he's a vocalist. He has no bad guitars. Yeah, so anyway, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But um, Danny, did you see the writing on the wall with Terrorizer or just the metal sucks jumping the gun too early and obviously making a story up to fit a narrative? Yeah, they had a slow week. They weren't like, <laughs> yeah. and then they didn't Take didn't have any more contents for them to attack, so they they. I, I feel like they were saying, you know, we we're still here, so they wanted to declare victory. Like, look at all these people who like yeah. run the article and look at them. Destroying themselves, but I guess you have no overheads if you don't print anything. You know that's part of it. But like it, it was a bit concerning if you were like a Terrorizer fan because they had nothing sent to them for three months. And no subscriptions or even online magazines sent them for three months, which is normally concerning. Normally, when you're a monthly publication, you expect the publication to come monthly. It's, <laughs> kind, it's kind of in the title, so when that wasn't occurring, you know, yeah, it's fair enough to get a bit, uh, a bit concerned. And so rumors start, which is fair enough these days because normally that's how it works. But Terrorizer came out this week and said, no, 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 we we'll be doing back to normal soon so who knows maybe they were about to close and a new person came bought them over maybe they're restructuring like um, metal hammer they nearly went bust and they got yeah. bought over again so that's yeah. uh, a tough time like just like digital sales i mean just like cd sales it's all it's all tough in the um music business or maybe stripe as frontman has the answer slams bands who are no longer interested in uh, making new music why don't you just sell your gear and get out um we're talking about the front man here the singer when i hear bands big bands mind you that talk about how it's not worth it anymore making albums and we don't make any money. Just kind of laugh and and I think, why don't you just sell your gear and get out? You perform, you create music because you're passionate about it. You're expressing yourself. You love that and you want to share that with other people. Too bad it doesn't pay as much as it used to and the internet's still catching up with Spotify kind of taking all the money for themselves. However, it is, simply put, the reason why we're into this, aren't we? Well, I mean, he made an interesting point saying, you know, about the whole money situation unfortunately there's a thing that people need called food and mm. normally to buy food one needs money so and if you spend all your life you know playing guitar and recording well that takes up like the job potential. what's really frustrating as an artist is when you're seeing things like youtube or spotify itunes and that making a money out of your hard work all they're doing is making it easier for people to listen to and they're thriving off of it and they're somehow getting away around it but the artists aren't seeing any of that delicious coinage. And that would be f- very frustrating for a young and coming artist, you know. Sure, all the likes of, you know, Metallica and Megadeth and all that have, have established themselves as a household name from the 80s. But these new bands, man, like we'll talk about later on with um, Periphery, is, for one thing, Mission man- Manor, these guys are holding second jobs. Like, this is not making the money being a musician right now. It's really not. It's like, you know, on the weekend, you make like arts and crafts, you get to your local market to sell, you know, your flowers you've turned into like bookmarks it's the same thing with music these it's like you do it just because oh, i was like a secondary thing i just want to fill up my weekends with however there is a way of making money and we're talking about neobscurus the uh, tim charles has found a way of doing it. he's actually taken this uh, show on the road so he has two um shows his band and his uh wealth of knowledge of how people can make money do yeah but i think it's the um patreon account so they've, right. they've pretty much set up something which is a good idea just like your soccer clubs, so like sporting clubs, you set up like an online membership. Mm. So every month, your fans are like your members of the band type thing, and they pay for you to pay to be members, so you get a regular steady income. It yeah. is the way people should be going. Yeah. That, that is that is the future of the music business. And Nibble have seen it, but no one else has seen it yet. And that is the yeah. way you need... It. Sure, you think it might be not prideful because you're not selling for your music, but no, that's, that is... How, you How are you gonna to to sell it? your music? You can't sell CDs anymore. All the people like Target and all that are starting to pull your records off the shelves now because they're not CDs aren't selling anymore. The internet surely hasn't caught up with it because it's saying every every time we see Spotify getting um, taken to the cleaners from a certain artists, you know whether it be the higher ups like Metallica to the lower guys. Um, it seems like, how well, are we going to make ends meet? You have to then tour like um, Arch Enemy, which is 10 to 11 months a year. Yeah. Is that feasible for every band to do? Yeah. Uh, and, is it, and is that where we come to, to literally drain and squeeze out the um, the livelihood of every band until there's nothing left, just so we can see them, you know, make ends meet? On a plus, so we'll probably get a like, lot more evil and darker music. So I see like Death Metal having a lot more like evil songs because yeah. they're normally based on hardships. So imagine all the good albums coming out of these hardships. I like the idea of Iron Maiden this, you know, if every time they release a song that I don't like, they they come out and they sometimes redeem themselves like Steve Harris here, we will never make other bands pay to support Iron Maiden. It's just wrong. And these are his own words. A band should get at least some expenses covered to play a gig and they should have to pay anybody. I shouldn't have to pay anybody to play. And I've always been really against that. I've always really just tried to help people out. I think it's really good. There are a lot of bands right now who have not taken the obscurus's uh, point of view, but also but decided to get money off of other bands, kind of coming through and charging exorbitant fees just for them to play with them, right? That would be damaging, you know. Giving them, you handling the carrot in front of them, saying, "Yeah, you can play in front of all these crowds and get all this money off merch or whatever." But I think generally what they're doing is putting these poor bands in in even far worse situations financially. Um, and even just um, like you know the the psyche of the band, yeah, you know, even their head, they must be just getting damaged thinking like we put all this money in, not seeing anything out, and now another band's doing really well off of it. Yeah, it's kind of like when you um, start off as like a model and you're struggling as a model, so like oh, try try doing this fancy modeling. Yeah, it's something good. So you go to the fancy modeling, you're like, oh, you only get paid this much, but if you if you take a bit more clothes off, then you get paid a bit more. Exactly. So sure, you might in this situation that that lovely lady might be making money, but she's just lost all her like dignity. Yeah. Same as these guys. Eventually, she's doing porn. Yeah. Got, the director's have got her addicted to meth, and she's going to see her kids on weekends because the government won't let her see her kids properly without being you know, off the off the ice. So the, I guess the model of the story here is, is yeah, if someone's coming at you um, pr- promising bigger, brighter things just for a bit of, you know, bit of hard green, it's probably a bad thing. Yeah, the problem is, well, if you want to go that, down that porn route, you don't get much money as a bloke, so... Don't go down that. Yeah, bit. I know. I mean, this, I was watching um, by accident somehow <laughs> this um, this bold guy who's um, he's quite talented in, in, in the in the um, thing. We call him Johnny Sticks or or Sonny Sins. All right, uh, it doesn't really matter what. His doesn't name matter. Is. Yeah, it's important. But um, yeah, yeah, me at the point that it, you don't have to get into a gay porn in order to make a living, and also. Um, uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just take the medal. That's all we know. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move it on to, I guess we'll talk about Mastodon. The guitarist has come out and said, losing the metal Grammy to Tenacious D was a kick in the balls. I'm going to quote him before I uh, have a qu- quick talk to the guys at Mastodon quickly. I thought it, joining the Grammy community for hard rock and heavy metal in 2015 was my chance to step up and do this to the community. No one takes the award seriously because it's always go- it's the same effing people that win every year. The first point I want to make, Danny, is that um, losing the metal Grammy to Tenacious D was kicking the balls. They didn't want to be known as a metal band. In fact, I think it was last year or early this year. Danny, we discovered an article saying that they don't want to, and their metal fans are trying to bring them back because at the start they actually had a sound that was kind of metal. Yeah, but maybe this is why, because this happened like in 2015. It's mm. meant they were so dishevelled and so heartbroken about not winning the metal. Was it? the point yeah like just no, we have to leave yeah so if you can't win the game of being a metalhead then stop playing being a metalhead yeah, exactly and uh, right. do another game called I'm Mastodon and I win the award for being the best man in the world because I'm Mastodon. Now this this makes a great like movie. This is like a classic like Van Damme movie where these are the underdogs, they've tried it hard and they've failed and they've gone away like, oh, what can I do? I've I've stuffed up. And then they, they write their own monologue, their own soundtrack to their monologue, how they're coming up and inspiring, and you know what happens? Yeah. They won the Grammy last year for Best Heavy <laughs> Metal Act. This is like the great, they should write a movie on this, you know? <laughs> I think they have. I think they're writing their own movie right now. So, yeah. what's more important is do Macedon, uh, I guess, are they right though in saying that the same people win it every year? They don't because Macedon don't win it every year. Um, I think Megadeth won it and they played Metallica. So, <laughs> yeah. they're obviously really in tune with the heavy metal industry and they're really aware of what's happening and who, and who in the industry deserves the awards. Um look it's the grammys no one takes it seriously you know sure, the yeah. metal does the grammys don't take heavy metal seriously and why does anyone still in the heavy metal community want the respect of a bunch of uh disconnected mofos that just have so no appreciation to an industry that really deserves it mm-hmm. uh, Look, unless you if you win like a decent amount of money winning a grammy that's probably a good reason but apart from that it's not really well respected you're correct Crematory calls out lazy fans for not buying concert tickets. There's a band out there that's uh, selling sell, sell their pre-sale of their tickets and uh, from the words of the drummer Marcus Yulich, the pre-sales are so horrible. Um, we have to cancel the tour completely if the numbers numbers don't uh, increase dramatically, Danny. Um, is he holding a barrel over the fans' uh, heads and telling them to move on or is this a last dish ever from a band that is just on Dyer's Eve right now? They are literally... Waiting to see the curtains draw up for themselves, and they're just fighting to give it itself another chance and holding it down for a little bit longer. Well, it's funny because their last album, what they're touring, is called Oblivion, so it's, it could oh, be quite irony. fitting, yeah. yeah. But look, no, it's you can take it both ways. One, he's telling you a harsh reality, like, seriously, if you guys don't. Like CDs, and you don't buy our vinyls, and you don't go to concerts. We literally have to close up, mm. so that's the reality. But other people be singing as, Yeah, what you're threatening me? Like, you can't tell me, like, see, so you, yeah, fans speak- are like, Oh, you're gonna be doing this, man. Yeah. I'm just not gonna buy a ticket and see yeah. your podcast home. But it's like, Why aren't any of these bands coming to our state? We talked about this last week with Jason North as well, Danny. Literally, it's like. In Adelaide, especially, there is a wait-and-see tribe going, you know? Uh, I know it sounds like an Indian thing, but (laughs) (laughs) it's native to us as well. Danny, is it more important that we kind of take this as what it is and just a a desperate plea from a band that's on the end of their pitiful rope? Yeah, it sounds a bit dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, again, it matches the band name as well, so fair enough. But... Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a fair point like you said last year they had like one half million streams of their songs and they barely saw any money out of that but if like even 10% of those people spent money that's like 2 million dollars of CD sales top yeah. thing so it's uh, yeah interesting times uh, I want to talk about something interesting now Danny. I want to talk about Shirley Manson um, with, uh, gar- yeah Shirley Manson's garbage singer right garbage for fun- some people it's a fitting name for others no they actually quite like the music Hey, huh. different strokes for different genitals. What we're here to talk about, though, is her revelation why uh, rock is sexist and was designed by the patriarchy. Oh, yeah, know? there you go. Old men impose silly rules is kind of a thing, but this is the more important quote I want to take out of context because I think it's really important before <laughs> we context because before we start ripping out you know some some of those uh, oppression holes in there. Yeah. Because the whole game of rock was designed and maintained by the patriarchy. So, if the rules are written by men, it automatically makes it very difficult for women to infiltrate because women then have to play a man's game and not their own game in order to get on the board. What game is she playing as a Monopoly, uh, Scrabble? Um, she herself cannot complain too much about being it. I mean, one, she's not very attractive. And two, if you want like literally an amazing singer or vocalist, there are a plethora of them who are underneath there right now so what is this girl's deal man is it just a bit of blow and smack up someone's ass or is there a bunch of old guys making sure that they handpick certain artists uh, for their own CD player um, to uh, make money out of I don't really understand it what's she going on about Danny? oh that's a good question I mean like the the male rules that's quite interesting I don't know what rules there is to be a rock musician or how you start a band I thought you start a band you get a couple of people around and you start writing music I yeah. thought that was it maybe that's not maybe there's certain rules if, maybe, I if anything I think the irony of this is that the rock music was designed to fight against or, or to at least question the capitalist market in a sense or like you know even watching the metal documentaries you see that metal heavy metal was grained out of the most desolate and work related uh, parts of the world whether it be in britain or wherever or in the states whatever it seemed to be like you know white collared individuals that were just pushing nine to five jobs and trying to make things meet whatever so if anything, it was a bring against the patriarchy, in a sense, because, you know, and again, what is it? You know, we won't get into that because it's not that important. But like you said, Rock is rebellious, but she then goes on and talks about how, you know, certain women trying to get into it, maybe have to look pretty and stuff like that. But all I can say is, her is that she managed to get herself quite successful from playing the game. And I guess, like you said, Danny, the more important thing is writing good songs and um, just doing something that no one else is doing, right? when did i say that <laughs> like oh, a couple of weeks ago probably but ma- well, what, what do you think like yeah. honestly garbage has made a lot of money right they've done yeah. pretty well for themselves yes. um and despite a lot of guys in well, people in bands uh, haven't and who are you know cis white men probably she talks about all white guys you know and they're not seeing that money well, what's going on yeah she should talk to crematory about it and periphery <laughs> and be like you guys, I'm making money. You just don't know it because you're too stupid. Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're so you're so far the Patreon you can't see the money you're not making. Ah, yeah. uh, fair enough. Um, Michael Amott says Angela White gluss has opened a few doors musically for Arch Enemy. Uh, this is coming from the man himself. Uh, she can do more things with her voice. Yeah, it's always been about having that balance between melody and heaviness. I would like to say a good go-screw-yourself, Michael Amott. <laughs> because you're standing on a goldmine that is the best guitarist in heavy metal today and what might be the next 30-plus years. We don't know. I probably won't be around that long because I'm probably going to have an aneurysm
1: from reading <laughs> Michael Amit's
0: stories, Danny. Yeah, okay. Go on. How he can sit there and say that they've got the freedom to then... Um, have a singer that literally they've done their first song with a ballad so it's open doors for them but they will not give themselves a chance to have good songs on an album <laughs> because they denied jeff loomis and i read an interview the other uh, today yesterday sorry um about this and jeff loomis said you're just gonna have to remain patient because he gets the frustration <laughs> from fans and literally i think i could see the sweat <laughs> building from his head reading that article danny so, I'd like to know, what is his deal? Why does he hate Jeff Williams <laughs> so much? I mean, he's happy to ride his coattails because of the marking yeah, of having yeah, the best yeah. guitarist, but he just won't let the band expand, even though he's happy for the vocalist to do it. Like, does he want to bang this chick? Or does he um, does he just... Was he intimidated by her? Or does he just secretly not want to have another guitarist play lines that he can't play? Yeah, uh, a lot of correct answers there. I mean, no, no. <laughs> look, no. Look, to be fair, number one, yes. Because you can sing melodically, they have been able to write different songs that have some more melodies in their album. That's true, and that's fair. He's correct there. Your point about Jeff Loomis, it could be, you know, how certain sporting teams, they purposely buy good players from other teams and just bench them just so the other, their opponents suffer and struggle. He might have done that. He might have bought Jeff Loomis to his side of the equation and sat him on the bench so no other bands can like write better songs and his songs become better. Amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that is that is called genius. That's amazing. I can't think of a football team that does that. I mean, most of Liverpool's um, yeah, players man, just get injured, so yeah. when we hired him, Man City do it, well, I guess. I think yeah. Man City do it. I think Real Madrid did it once. A yeah. couple of times. So, so yeah. make sure that Barcelona don't they win, <laughs> so they just buy all the players. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, do <laughs> you know? Get the kids to come up and play. Um. I really, uh, Jeff Limbs actually said that uh, he's actually got a solo album coming out, but Century Media also own not only his solo works, but they own Arch Enemy as well. They're signed us to the label. So they're incredibly patient with him. So it's like, you know, you can just release it when you want. You're obviously making us a lot of money with Arch Enemy, selling all that new CD and DVDs and all that kind of stuff like that. However, I really feel like he's on that brink. If he doesn't get a chance, this next album, he is gonzy and the world will be better for it. Um, whatever happens to Arch Enemy after that it won't matter because he won't, Apart from the solos, yeah, whatever they would have to get another guitarist, like what Megadeth had to do, get an extraordinary guitarist to play the awesome solos from the other albums. Yeah, you, you get hired guns all the time. Yeah, so it's not an issue. Not an issue. Uh, we'll finish it off with John Schaffer from Iceland, and he is not a fan of censorship at all. He said we did a Shanghai and Beijing show, like China, right? And before the government would issue our visas into the country, they would look at the lyrics of the setlist they were going to perform. You know, and that's the thing. We really take for granted right now because we've had a lot of problems like with Take, for example, and Mayhem and that, just being banned outright because of intimidation or because of fear-mongering or because people really sincerely believe that lyrics and imagery in a heavy metal band will go on and cause famine, uh, rape, desolation, um, you know, just the the decrease in society, Danny. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's weird to think like a revolution is going to be caused because you saw one band and you heard their lyrics, you know, hey, you know that is good idea, I should yeah. like, go against my government, like, right. all of a sudden, you know. But remember, OTEP, they strongly believe it, so these people with oh, yeah, got a yeah. uh, plex who actually fear other bands, because they don't agree with what they say, think they'll do it, strongly believe they think that they can do it, so maybe that's the problem, is that people have the egos far too big for their own stage. But you must think that must be incredibly hard for like China, if, if they're like, screening your lyrics, they must screen any content you get, like any CDs come yeah. into like the thing, they must have their like a, Chinese-friendly version. Instead saying, like saying, um, know, like, I won't do what you tell me. I will do what you <laughs> tell me. You, know, you just dub over it. That, that sounds like a really good idea. Yes, I will work 20 hours a day. All right, so let's move it on, guys, to our podcast question this week. Podcast question this week, guys. What metal musician would you like to be a judge on The Voice? Now, we've seen Christina Scabia, the mighty talented, mighty attractive, but mostly vocalist of a heavy metal band in Italy called Lacuna Coil, Danny. Yeah, amazing this just by like, came from nowhere. It's like friends of it on Facebook, like most straight men are these days. And mm. anyway, side note. <laughs> but, but yeah, all of a sudden it popped up on her Facebook thing, like I oh, heard with all these photographs of her being a voice for a judge or like these banners and subways, etc. I thought that was amazing. Girl. Well deserved. This girl yeah. has a pair of lungs, She's but she does the whole package. She's mm. obviously very beautiful, but she spends a lot of time on that presentation, which is very important, I guess, to a degree in anything with with the makeup of music, you know. It's a stage performance, but her voice as well is what really attributes to the band's success, at least separating themselves a lot from what was going on at the time. They had some very macabre, depressing sounding songs, but the beauty and the um, literally degree and depth of her vocal range. And you can really tell because the other vocalists in the band really struggled to cut out. Mm. He's not very good, but he got better, I guess. Mm. However, um, that's what we want to see. We want to see people like that and it's like, I guess when you're going to watch The Voice, you get to hear um, people that are really respected and admired, not only in the metal industry, but as vocalists in general, and to hearing their opinions on the current trends of musicians coming through is, I think, more entertaining than just seeing the same stuff of, all right, this producer just, you know, knows it will sell money, but is it good? Like, can we can we really attribute this artist pushing the medium forward and, and telling a story and getting us involved in an actual musical thing, not just... Entertaining us for three minutes because teenagers are gonna buy the album and it's gonna make a lot of money. But I guess I guess that's what we're here for. I guess. Yeah but, as well. like, but all these shows like Voice and Idol, blah blah blah. The person who wins it, within a week, you're like, who won it? Because the next show starts straight away. So it's it's just against a TV show. You might become a cruise ship singer because of it. That's pretty. The, the judges normally are the ones who get the benefit off of it. So, yeah. hey, if anything, she, Christina Scabia's career would probably skyrocket even more so after this. Fantastic. Good of her. She's in the mainstream now. And so I was looking to coil by... Uh, you know, by, by, by not abstract, but default. By, by default, by default. Thank you, Denny. Two so, most beautiful words in English language. Default. Let's talk about our fans. They have, they came in numbers, Danny, to talk about it. their favorites mm. or who they want to see as judges on The Voice. First up, Jason Applin, who has said, Howard motherfucking Jones, mate. The guy that was holding together Killswitch is a Gage vocal line um, from the second album to the really bad one they released, and then he ended up. Either leaving or getting quit, whatever. Sure. Um, a great candidate, Danny. You like his vocal range? Did you like what he did for "End of Heartache" and stuff like that? Was he a, you a fan? Do you think he can judge from the vocal range? Well, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know him too personally, but yeah, he has a good range in him. He can sing quite well. So definitely right. I mean, again, when you want to be a judge, it's not just about like how good of a singer you are, but again, it's like how good of a teacher you are. Because apparently, I don't know how true it is. Like they picked the songs for their. Mm. Tesla, like they you know, they pick who they want on their team, some bullshit, mm. and they pick them the songs. So you actually gotta understand people's ability and who you're teaching. So that's part of it. I guess it's all bullshit. I reckon some producer says, no, they got to sing this song because yeah. we own the rights to this song and that's we want right. to sell the CD this week. So it's that's all right. crap anyway. That's right. But yeah, I think I think it'd be fine. Uh, Here's the range and maybe his character seems pretty friendly. And it'll be good to actually have someone encouraging people to scream on like a track and actually playing songs that don't suck on The Voice. That would be really fascinating to watch. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about this, the potential for like better songs. Because the most important thing when it comes to talking about The Voice is talking about how it can make it more... Engaging and more passionate for followers like the Super Metal Brothers to watch because that's what really their arc really should be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Daryl Goodrum's like pretty attractive, but it's not enough, dude. It's not enough. You know, I don't want to hear enough. like some of 69 20 times a show. That's mm. boring. Daniel Cedarblad, Vinnie Paul is his answer if they can make the chair big enough. He's getting, <laughs> f- he getting fatter <laughs> these days. <laughs> Nah, it's just for his talent <laughs> <laughs> and his <Beat> drum kit. <laughs> he has to answer by playing rudiments or something. Yeah, and his hat is like really big, so you want you want the chair to be the same mm. width as his hat. I get what he's saying. What about wildcard choice? that uh, Adam Duchewitz. Uh I don't know that guy. Who's that? Who is Adam? Adam Duch- It Doesn't Adam. matter. Let's talk about him. Wait, hold on. Wait, isn't... Is, he... is he the guitarist from Cure Switch? Oh, he might be actually. Is that yeah, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're he's right. pretty funny. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah he'd he'd be you can great. do it too. Um, Vinnie Paul wouldn't have a certain taste in the industry, but this is the guy that literally had drumsticks made of him that missing the top small part and all he does is use a rounded part because he hits the drum kit so hard that he just has sticks of wood in his hand so dude he can beat the shit out of a kit he wears a I, uh, cowboy hat and hates Phil Anselmo with a passion. So, I guess, is that all you really need? Is that all you need to be a um? <laughs> Just when you audition, don't sing like walk. He's just like, <laughs> just imagine if, like, because the voice had the back turn and he comes out and starts singing and he presses the button and they had that high school musical oh, moment. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Phil comes out. Oh, that, that could be a great way to do reunions. And even like Van Halen, you get like Eddie to be the judge, yeah. and you get like David Lee Roth or like Sammy yeah. Hagan to come out. Oh, and there's a drum kit. It's like, dude, there's a drum kit right behind me, man. And he He's like, yeah, and they're playing Walk and Zach Wild has to come out because it's Zach Wild. He's in the <laughs> complaining rooms. <ribs. laughs> and, and then they play that, that uh, montage from the Mastodon Grammy clip and then that all works together. Oh my God. And then it'll be sex and powerful for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we have solved every band breakup ever. Ah Fantastic. What about Cam? He decided to answer it not once, <laughs> not twice. Not three, four, not seven times, but six times, Danny. <laughs> I think it's six times. He must have good dad on his phone or something. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to talk about just a quick loss. we got Bruce Dickinson, Dave Grohl, Mike Patton, Jens Kidman, Yoko Ono, Kanye, Zach Wild. I'd imagine three of those are true. Um, mm-hmm. Zach Wilde would be interesting. He'd just be telling jokes, though, the whole time. I um, mean, singing what I don't love his vocal styles. Mm-hmm. He tries to rip off Ozzy Osbourne, but forgets that. He doesn't have the darkness or the um, thing around him, but he's yeah. a really, really good guitarist. But the problem is that, wow, he's a terrible teacher. Like, yeah, have you seen those? Yeah, you've uh, seen those d- uh, guitar instructional videos? Yeah, Here's terrible. how he plays a song. <laughs> <laughs> you don't learn it yet? <laughs> what are you, dumb? He's literally like that. It's like, okay, I, I, here I do like this blah, blah, scale. And he plays it full speed. He goes, okay, now I'll play it a little bit slower so you can learn it. And he plays like 90% of the speed, and that's him teaching. Bruce Dickinson and Dave Grohl are awesome. That'd be, yeah. That would fit really, really well. Mike Patton... I hear he's pretty bizarre but he's definitely got that style to him like, Yeah, and he's a great singer though yeah. he's ridiculously good yeah. uh, and Jez Kidman from *Sugar*, that's the lead singer isn't it he's he made some pretty funny faces and <laughs> he can scream in incredibly interesting um, variations and, and rudiments and stuff but I don't know how far teenage girls would want to get into that I mean it's are they going to think for bold guys Hopefully, did I miss my boat yeah come on let's go Yeah, get... born 15 years too late yeah come on go keep Jez Kidman get him yeah, on there Some more bold guys become relevant but you always want like a foreigner on your show because yeah. it makes you sound more sophisticated. Uh, but then the Swedish accent is not really that sophisticated. <laughs> it's quite fun. So he kind of takes it away a bit. Ben Hall, speaking of bold guys, Devin Townsend, he yeah. is now, he didn't have the skuller anymore. Look, as far as... Uh, he said lol, but I reckon he's got a great point. I think mm. Devin Townsend is perfect for it. He's, he's incredibly charismatic, great vocal range and abilities. He can write across many different plethoras of yeah, styles. That's okay. not an issue for him. Um, apart from his... Uh, what must be incredibly bipolar um, attitudes? Because I think he just freaks out. I mean, I don't know if he's like just like that in real life or he's like playing characters. But I think he is a little bit off, which makes him a better musician. Yeah, there's mystery surrounding him. Nice live TV there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he makes sense. Yeah, oh, like yeah, pretty good choices here. But like, yeah, you want someone who's charismatic and fun and. Yeah, look, if they're talented, it doesn't matter because a lot of these judges on the show aren't really talented. They're not. I mean, they had Katy Perry on there. And look, between um, literally her writing, uh, singing bad songs on a Sunday and molesting teenagers, she's got more in common with the Catholic Church than she does being on The Voice, Danny. It's a different type of like chair and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. She sits on the throne in front of 20 people that, or sorry, about 30 people that absolutely love what she does and says and do anything for her. But again, she's just not that good, you know? Hey, look, you're a vehicle for that. It's the voice. I get it. Let's talk about another one. Now, Jamie Jackson, I think got the question middled up, or you might have said it yeah, a bit wrong. You got changed differently. Yeah, you I changed. said it wrong. You oh, said it the first time, going wrong. <laughs> but I still like his answer. Negral or Behemoth? Yeah. I, even though I think he was assuming that to be on the voice, I think it, we can use that now. Take it out of context and put it into this because it is a good answer. I think I think Negreau, He was doing that whole um, uh, Surfing USA album, which I didn't want to listen to, but he can do it. Um, he wrote a um, lot of cool death metal stuff and then wrote uh, another black metal album uh, as well, which wasn't too bad. We didn't love it, but people seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah. I think the guy could fit on the show real. He he spends a lot of time posing in front of the camera, I know. He spends a lot of time modeling those cheekbones. So, he fits really well in the pop industry, man. They care Definitely. a lot about that imagery and stuff. Definitely. So. Yeah, I think so. He's got he got all the talents to do it. Yep, and let's not forget Behemoth were the number one selling album in Poland. So he has cred behind. He's a metal band. Yeah, and It's awesome. Oh my yeah. god, man! Just imagine in Australia, anyone I don't care who it is, selling an album that was number one in this, like that's that's ridiculous. I mean, it could happen because I believe oh well, not but it can. Australian metal bands can go quite high up because pretty much only Australian metal fans buy albums and CDs anymore. Mm. Most people do it stream it. All the pop stuff. That's why I think recently there's been quite a few uh, metal albums in the top twenty area charts. Before that one reason, so you know, it never could happen by default again. Zach uh, Hammett has said Michael Ackerfeld, sorry, from yep. Opeth. Yeah, again, he can do the whole range. You know, he's turned a death metal, a prog band into a death metal band into a pop band, a pop rock band from the seventies, uh almost seamlessly. Much of the frustrations of their fans, no doubt. However, he can be on the show because he's quite nice and he's engaging. Even though he did. Completely ruin a good thing, he's nice about it. So fans can't be too upset with him. Just, like, it would be great to see like hardcore Oprah fans in the crowd, like stand up <laughs> and show, and go, What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> he's like, Excuse me, sir, so people are trying to sing now. <laughs> no, what can't believe you changed him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to being at that show with you, Dane. Yeah. Um, Luke said it Tim Charles of Ne Obscuriaris well you know they are an Australian band yep. we have an Australian The Voice hell if he sat next to um, Delta Gudrun she could look pretty and he could be saying all the important things about music that we like hearing about um, he's got a clean singing voice that people can align to in the non-metal world but also hopefully in the metal world as well yeah no great definitely right and a lot of these guys at the Nagral and They'd go off on the Scarus They're actually a good businessman and they get music. Even Devon, they, they understand the industry quite well. So they could answer, I think, diplomatically that what they could like as an artist, but also what could make money, what they could hear as well. However, I guess they're not in charge of the pop industry, which I guess really steered towards it. They're there to make, one, the judges a lot of money, and two, the advertisers a lot of money, I think. Yeah. And by everything else, is just... Uh, That's a happy, fortunate circumstance. But at least the show become more dynamic because I mean, you don't have to sing like death metal songs. But a lot of these like metal bands, like even like Nevermore and Symphony X and stuff, they do really cool ballads and really good power ballads. So like, even just good like rock songs. So just sing those songs. You don't have to sing death metal. Just sing powerful, motive songs. And there's plenty out there in the metal world. Just do that, you know. So Danny, I want to hear your answers. We are talking now about the certain vocalists or just musicians out there in the world of metal that you. I mean, if you're going to watch your first episode of The Voice, it might will be with your favorite artists. So who are those artists do you think can be ones that would make a lot of money, can be ones you think are just people you want to have their opinions split all over you like a porn star in the middle of seven cheerleaders watching a mechanic do his thing? What is it, Danny? Well, I think one is a humorous one lady called Amy Carson. I don't think you read hers. Oh, now. sorry. you agree going yeah, Amy and She made a good point. I'm still hers as well. But I'll read the whole thing. Because let's be honest, being a commercialized TV show would have to pick someone fairly good-looking. With a great personality. Wow. That could be us, man. Yeah. Female. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so, female, I say either Eliza. I think it's Eliza from Amathi, which she's got a nice pair of legs on her. Yeah. Or at uh, least what, Gloos? Yeah. And for male, Corey Taylor, which I think that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I actually think he'd, he'd be one of those people who jump at doing something like that. Well, I, he definitely has an opinion on everything. Yeah. So, and I'm sure Metal Sucks would really like to just tell his opinion on the voice and just regurgitate it for him. You know, like a little bit like a... A bird, a mother bird, uh, feeding the young, just kind of spew it all out again, and be yeah. proud of it. Yeah, nothing would be great. Uh, who else would be good? Uh, maybe like someone like Dave Mustaine, because he'd be like the guy he really hates, but he's still mm. like credible and he probably knows about it, enough about it, so you still have to respect him. Yeah, you need a, yeah. you need a on Cooper so. or something like yeah, that. Alice Cooper would be good. I want to. I want to say good singers though now too. So I want to talk about Floor Janssen. I think yeah. I'd like to hear her opinion on vocalists coming through because she's obviously a woman with a lot of power, a lot of range, a lot of styles, and I think she could further in, uh, develop those uh, talents inside the community as well and help raise a whole generation of juggernauts. Yeah, that's another that would be um, Rob Flynn because I mean, yeah, yeah, because he's like I saw him on stage and he's like got a really cool stage presence. He's very really talkative, very yeah. communicative. But he's not a good singer, Danny. Yeah, I know, but. They had Will I Am on the voice, and he can't sing what, at all. What about Russell Allen, dude? He's your nah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Why but, not? I think, I don't know, his personality. I'm not sure it'll be. Was it. Fit that type of show. I don't know yeah. really personally. I can't say that, but uh, he seems my like one of those Jersey arrogant guys. He just. Yeah. Uh, what, what about like Sammy Hagar or Joe Lynn Turner? I mean, these guys helped out a lot yeah. through the seventies. They know the industry to a degree, surely? Then yeah, that could work. Or you could go down the Steel Panther route and get their lead singer because yeah. that guy can sing and he has a good personality. Yeah, so it's you, true. You, you literally, all four of the judges could be the Steel Panther guys. You know what? I would watch it because most be awesome. of the time they'd be saying penis jokes and then yeah. um, shitting on a really bad vocalist. So well, I think it'd be awesome. They were supposed to have a TV show like I was supposed to start, I can't remember when, like a couple of years ago, and I think they got canned, but yeah. so so you're right. The best, the best judges we can get for the voice for four seats is the band Steel Panther. They need to be hosting the voice. And i tell you what, I'd watch it. You know what? So would I. And with that, I think we should move on to our final presentation this week, the CD review. Judas Priest is the band. Firepower is the brand. We are talking about the latest album from the very seasoned veterans. Judas Priest from West Bromwich Albion. Well, you know, that's the club. But anyway, it doesn't matter. 1969 was the inception of this band. However, Danny, I don't think there's a single person from the original lineup in this band anymore. Not even Rob Halford. No, Rob Halford wasn't the original singer. No way. Yeah, I know. Uh, It was another dude. So the problem is now... um, We talked about this the other day with um, Gene Simmons and the Kiss because he wanted the Kiss moniker to continue forever. This band now is that. It's a band now, I think, without any of the original members. So basically, they've done a lot of the albums. I guess they get the, the, the breed of the band as well. So there is a strong pulse going through it. However, this might be the final album, I think, or maybe fittingly should be the final album. We should talk about that in a sec. Wow, a controversy. I like it. Oh, yeah, but whatever, before do. we get too into it, some exciting news came out this week, or interesting news, where like um, Rob Halford wants to do an album with Negrel from Behemoth. And yeah. Ishan wasn't it as well? Oh, yeah, him as well, yeah. yeah. That would be actually a really cool idea because his vocals... Um, oh, don't we give it away yet? No, nah. I think it will be a good idea. I want to yeah. talk about it later on, but yeah, I think nah, um, yeah. those elements could work together and it'll be something new and fresh because the black and metal thing and with Ishan's uh, progressive nature as well that he's going to, I think it could write... Sound pretty damn heavy. I don't know if Ishan though can work with someone like Nagrail and vice versa. It would have to be one or the other, I think. Could be. Or maybe like uh, maybe Rob's like the middleman, you know? All right. Well, you know, this is where we're at. The band itself, though, to to get into a little bit, I think a lot of people can really attribute to having the dual guitars to this band. I think, and and obviously Rob Halford's style of singing has brought in a whole plethora of copycats as well as not in his sound, but the way he looks with the leathers and stuff like that. You know, the bald head, the bald head, nice. oh, man. transcending, you know, yeah. adopted by um, two brothers in a uh, basement that or whatever it is uh, at the moment, uh, some 30 something years later. But I guess Danny, we can talk about the album now. Yes, that's yes. um, straight off the bat. The first thing I noticed straight away is the production, man. And before you even get into the album at all, and I think we have to really attribute this is Andy Sneak, Danny. We're talking about doing the production you No know him never Yeah, no way. Um, Yeah, he did like the um, Godless Endeavor* album, and uh, I think um, *Dead Hunter*, *Dead World*. You know that kind of stuff. And he's done everything. The guys touch everything. Everything this guy touches, for some reason, he gets the band to sound the best. Not only from organic playing in that, but he just gets the best sound as well. And this album, the way it sounds, is just top notch and really securing himself on the top list of metal producers in this current generation. And maybe. If, in in all generations he's just amazing every time you hear a record from this guy I mean the difference you get is like the Godless Endeavor to so an album after that which is Obsidian Conspiracy from Nevermore and like straight away you hear what a good producer can do for the album yeah no fair point you're right does sound fantastic and there's a lot of those um, clever things put into the song like synth distortion of voices and I think the Necromancer song they have a bit of like a choir chucked in there so it gives you that whole oh yeah it fits the theme yeah. so he's very clever producing to make the tones and things meet. Guitar sounding really uh, heavy, even though they're in a higher tuning as well. M- making Rob Halford clean, crisp, and you know, just layering on top. I think it's all great. The way everything comes into play is magnificent. To be fair, I think Rob Halford makes Rob Halford sound. Now let's talk about <laughs> Rob Halford. And for someone at his age, no, I don't care if it's his age. This guy yeah. here is literally raising the bar for vocalists in heavy metal right now. Everything that he does on this album is fantastic, soulful. Yeah. Powerful, um, harmony-wise, is amazing. Those shrieks, those shrills that he can do in certain tracks—you know—it's just perfect. This guy is making Bruce Dickinson look really bad right now. Yeah, comparing, considering, Half has been around for longer and he's older. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's done this fantastically. Oh, his performance, not, aging, um, is just. It's flawed. You hear certain people just lose so many octaves and so much of their ability and so much of their power. But this album, man, it just kicks ass with his vocal range on it. I don't care what any, any track you're talking about. I think he just absolutely kills on it. Yeah, and like straight away, he puts his like stamp or stamp, sorry, on this album with the first track and the intro where he does that crescendo falsetto. Yeah, oh, yeah ass, straight away, he you knows the power metal album. It's like, you know, you listen to this for five, six, I wonder what the albums will going to be. Oh, power metal, sweet, yeah. Well, I think there is that element to it, but I don't think yeah, it's yeah. purely a power nah, metal. There's not. speed metal, there's, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a little bit of thrash, you know, yeah, there's yeah, a bit of everything. One of the tracks it's like really sludgy and stuff as well. So uh, guess, there's the new classical kind of yeah. stuff as well going on, like, like I said, for the first track and a couple others as well. Um, but there's bluesier tracks as well. Um, I guess we can talk about, and again, uh, before we move on from him, no matter what style they do... His note note selection's perfect. It always sets a lot of um mood for the album. Um it can like you said, it's very powerful, memorable, um, just and just a way I think of a lot of fans can connect to this album. Even new fans to hear his vocals and sing along with him and uh, I think it's great. I think he's really matured into a very well um songwriter. Like everything he did was just perfect. It was just really like evil or catchy. It was just anything he did was great. Yeah, definitely. He does um I guess one of the traits he does pretty much throughout the whole album is that the chorus is always delayed vocals in the chorus. Because yeah. sometimes the songs, they'll use like a similar beat or rhythm throughout, but then the chorus comes and to separate the chorus a bit. Even though the backing like guitar rhythm is the same, his vocals be layered and like, double kicks be chucked into something slightly different to like distinguish between the two. Mm. So that's something that he does. He guess people trait throughout every, pretty much every song. It's it's like that. Yeah. But again, you could also say it's a bit you know lazy to like keep that same trait throughout and not to like change it up a bit. But again, it just helps make the choruses stand out a bit better. Yeah, exactly. Um, next is obviously the guitarists as well. And again, we've got the slower, groovy stuff like Evil Never Dies. Um, we've got the poppy 80s kind of stuff like Never the Heroes. Um, evil kind of saying wrists like Necromancer. Um, just the whole rock and roll numbers like Flamethrower. I mean, you can just go through this list and see these different influences coming through. And the guitarists just really attributing to really cool, catchy. Um, even at times sinister sounding guitar lines and from the from the riffs themselves to the guitar solos and everything in between they give a fairly strong performance man the songs themselves are are really interesting and the guitar lines are awesome i think and uh, really help to embellish those vocal lines from rob you know rob could carry this thing across the Sahara desert without stopping for water
1: but Uh
0: these guys just give it the gas to to really burn through it yeah exactly right and if you if you like guitar solos well then a good album for you oh yeah it's definitely reeks sort of like the 80s when it came to all those like just wank fest in your face for at least 10 to 50 <laughs> seconds yeah and, and cuz it's two guitarists, it's dueling guitar solos which yeah, is always nice yeah but they're not like just pure wank for the sake of wank there's no. actually like deliberate nature to it like all the songs the songs themselves have a deliberate nature to them they seem to really pace themselves really well and are they getting more heavier as the song goes on or just more epic and just more um, you know chanty whatever um but the the guitarists themselves are really awesome and they really deserve a lot of credit for i think still capturing the spirit of um the band but also really pushing them forward into a good sound for 2017 or well, 18 so we are in especially being back all the way from 69 i'd imagine yeah, it's hard to think of new songs when you've been around that long, but it also helps when you haven't been in the band that long as well. <laughs> well, yeah, it's another story. However, yeah. um, we can't go past the rest of the band. You know, this is a whole strong lineup, and these guys are pretty good at what they do. You know, each element goes in really well together. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different styles, you know, going into the album. There's a lot of different things going on. There's a lot. I think it towards the... Middle to second, third, it really kind of comes across as more of a slow, methodical, chantier kind of thing, you know, where it's like the songs themselves would be great. And for the band, some like, you know, obviously being older guys it makes sense that they'd kind of do that, where not every song can be a million miles a minute, you know, that freaking die on stage. Well, exactly right. I think one thing's interesting, like, not interesting, but track seven is like just an acoustic song for like a minute and a half. Yeah, the piano intro. Yeah. Yeah. But then it goes into like, bleeds into track eight. So just make that one song because you're never going to play track seven. By itself, and if track that you want to play live without the intro, we'll just play it live without the intro. But mm. I don't get the whole point of having those separated tracks. It's there. a long album, danny This thing yeah. tracks way over an hour, an uh, hour and fifty-eight minutes. Off the answer was it? Yeah. 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 So that's that's interesting. You know, it's a it's a good. We did give a lot of crap to um, Machine Head doing something similar. But at least I found the songs did what they all were intended to do, and that's be, you know, memorable and and powerful in the, in their own sense and um. And that's the thing about it. I really can't really trash. Even though it's a long album, I'm like, I get it. You, know, you put it from start to finish. It's enjoyable. If you're a fan, you're going to dig everything off the album. And uh, eventually, if you're not, you'll find a couple of tracks off this that you know, think are pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. You're right. There's, it's like a sampler box. You got a little bit of everything in here. It's not just, again, pure thrash or pure power metal. Yeah. There's a bit going on. Even I seen saying that, that track a again, it's like the um, progressive album. Of the thing where you have all the different elements and different storytellings throughout. So they do try to make it creative and they don't just try to make it, you know, A, B, A, B, solo, B, end the song. They do try to make it different. I think the songs like Rising uh, from Ruins and that will be like big trademarks from this band as well, something that will do a lot live. But I like stuff like um, Never the Heroes where it's got that kind of like Vanden Plaza Snake kind of intro kind of thing. I really yeah. liked it. It's really cool. Just kind of something nostalgic about it, but also because of the awesome productions, it's really awesome. I have, like you said, like the song itself, Firepower, is just what a way to start the album. Just so much intensity and just great and just showing up so many bands that do so much more as far as technicality and that, but it's just fail to give you just what the song really really needs and that's just a really powerful melody sometimes or just some really good playing playing what needs to be played yeah exactly right. i think that's great about like the guitarist and the drummer and robs they all like marrying to each other quite well yeah so it's not just a guy like blasting high power vocals on a fast guitar Yeah, no one they're not fighting for that space they're no. all given their time to do it but even so like they will go with each other like yeah. the um the singer at times will go with the guitars and they flow on together it's quite I mean, it's quite well done and even like I think one of the tracks in the end, they do the key change, and Rob Halford goes with the key change, but while yep. still making it powerful. Like again, his his voice is so strong, his falsetto doesn't sound like a falsetto. is high range, it's just like the yeah. same. But power. Like, I get it. Like there is power metal, power metal influence with the Gallopy style and lightning yeah. strike and stuff yeah. like that. You know, but there is something about the guitar sounding like evil and intense as well. You know, it's just keeping the song going as well. It never felt like songs like the risk connecting himself never got jarring never felt like out of place or the momentum was shifted too much it just feels a real organic and and uh yeah really interesting and really fun album to listen to the only weird thing again oh going about something out of place so anytime i found it was lone wolf that track because it's a bit like slaging a bit heavier but then they have like a little solo. After solo, it gets like power metal just very briefly back into like the evenness. Yeah. You're just like, wait, why was that put in there? For? It didn't yeah. fit the whole song at all. It was like, no, nah, we need more power metal. All right, let's just put it in there. Uh, they did push it towards the end of the album though. Yeah. So maybe there was that reason for that. However, I, I got very few things to follow about this album, Daniel. I think from top to bottom, um, you know, it's a fairly strong album. I really enjoyed pretty much everything off this, this thing. And I think what it does, it sets out to do. Crosses all the Ts, dots all the Is, and uh, gives Manny all the erect nipples he needs. Really. <laughs> just two, I hope. Uh, that's all he needs, I guess. But uh, hey, he's gone for four. Who knows? Um, Danny, what do you? I, I want to know what you had to think about the overall of this of the album. It's one of those albums I've only heard it once through due to a, a really long one, a long, long, way, one. Yeah. A long yeah. album. Unfortunately, life made it a bit harder. week. Yeah. but so it's definitely one I'll go back and hear more of. and yep. make sure I really give a couple of plays to because it's, it's one of those albums there's so many different elements to it and so many different styles you really have to like listen to a couple of times to appreciate all of it I'm going to just give it the four class uh, the four ticks of approval right like the four horsemen the first horseman um, the performance here from Halford is outstanding I mean if you just want to hear a metal vocalist at an age and still at the top of his game really you got to hear this album it's, it's it. like a fine red wine yeah it just going age exactly Uh, Guitar work is phenomenal, right? These dueling guitarists, man, ax wooding smashing their things together like Conan the Barbarian and that really hot chick, Red Sonja, apart from the really bad acting. Um, The songs are strong. Again, they do everything they need to. It's heavy, even though it feels like it's at a higher tune. It still sounds pretty good and uh, yeah the production is world class it's just amazing i just think this album really delivers it's long in length but it delivers yeah and the cover art's pretty cool That's pretty metal i yeah. mean like just that firepower thing, and i think yeah. I, what what metal sometimes forgets is that this is what sometimes we're chasing is just a, an album that has a songs that really fit in a context with the, themselves but each song delivers an emotional response which i think sometimes we get lost in the technicality and that which is all important but if you're not wowing people with your technique, it should be wowing them with a song that just kind of like makes you feel something, makes you want to sing with it, makes you want to dance with it and headbang with it. Album does all that, man. And a whole lot more, I'd imagine. (laughs) Exactly right. And in the words of Judas Priest, empty the chamber, lock and reload. This world thrives on danger. It's bound to explode. Buy the album. It's great. Good job, Danny. Good job, Juice Priest. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're at the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to check out more of our stuff, head over to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash supermetalbro. Head us, give us a like and give us a comment what you guys want to hear as a news story, what album you want us to review. Obviously, there's our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Bros. And if you guys just want to listen to some more of our podcasts or interviews, we did do a Jason North interview and we've got some other interviews already in the works. So, we'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks. And with that, Danny, uh, I guess that's the end of our show. Exactly right? Thanks for listening, and thanks for all your support. And thanks for – we had a pretty good boost of uh, likes this week on Facebook. So, right. yeah, spread the word. We appreciate it, and it's uh, good to – do this good to have some listeners yeah right. we like being in your living room with you or the shower with you or the toilet we are we don't care there's don't plenty care. of space for everything we just want to be inside of your eardrums and hey if you want to put your phone anywhere else that's fine by us too yeah and with that i'm super metal brother matt and i'm super met brother yeah we have been the super metal brothers thank you guys so much for listening we'll catch you next week